Joining us now on Pushing Through, it is the man that was drafted behind Allen Iverson and Marcus Camby, Sharif Abdur-Rahim. He is now the current G League president. We're very happy to have him on the show. He's more known as Reef. That's what BJ would call him. And uh, Reef, we appreciate you joining Pushing Through. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Well, we got to call him Mr. Rahim now. You know? Oh, Mr. Rahim, <laughs> Rahim now. He's he's guess, president, I mean, so we got to put some, we got to put the respect. Put respect. We're going to transition from our playing days and Sharif, Mr. Mm-hmm. Rahim. We're going to act like we're adults. How about that? Just for the show. How about that? Well, BJ, you you were my vet, so you can read Rook, whatever you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, we have to ask, I mean, we mentioned the G League. The G League is in the news right now. I mean, or over the summer, really, there's been a lot of stories about top guys, top flight players that usually may go to a blue blood program like a North Carolina or a Duke or Kansas. The list goes on. They're now deciding to join the G League and take that shot. Isaiah Todd is a kid that's, you know, a big name that decided to do that. So just from your perspective, how exciting is it to have the G League have this, you know, influx of talent joining the league? Yeah, it's really exciting. We, you know, to date, we've signed five um, high school players, um, Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd, Jonathan Kaminga, Kai Soto. Mm. Um, and, and we're really excited about having those those players. Dacian Nix from, from Las Vegas also joined us. So we're really excited to have these young players, players to, to the point that otherwise would be, you know, blue blood programs, the Dukes, Kentuckys, um, UCLA. So we're excited that they, play, they, they decided to join us with the G League. And it's something that we've been working at uh, for some time now that, you know, young players that are just looking for alternative options that the G League can be a place for them to start their professional careers, start helping them develop as professionals on the court and off the court. Mm-hmm. You know, Sharif, um, you know, before we get into the G League and so many questions, you know, I want to get into and, 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 and get your get your views on it. You know, Sharif, I, I want to hear your story. You know, I don't think your story of <laughs> how you transition as a player to a, an executive, you know, you worked in the, you know, like myself, you worked for a team and now you're working for the league. Sharif, you know, so many of us that come into this league, we come in and we don't, we got to figure out how we're going to transition. Can you just share with us your story from, you know, getting drafted? You know, I remember I was playing for Golden State at the time when you were out at, at Cal to now where you're at, where you're the president of the G League, and really ex- explain or share with us this global business that we're in. Yeah. And and just want to hear your story. Well, you know, I think it starts just, you know, one, it, it starts kind of just that that timeline of being like these young players that we were talking about, you know, being at Cal. And I was at the time, I was just there for a year and then, you know, kind of transitioning to the NBA after, you know, this is like the really, really front end of one and done, uh-huh. uh, DJ, right? Uh-huh. Uh, that year, myself and Marbury did one and done, and Kobe was in that draft out of high school, Jermaine O'Neal um, out of high school, right? And, you know, just going through my career, and, and one thing I tried to do during my playing career was get to know, you know, one, you know, ownership with different teams I played on, you know, folks at the league office, and and from that, you know, just 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 this rich experience of different people and different experiences, and and what other folks were doing just outside of the game. And at the point where I retired, um, at the time it was you know Jeff Petrie in Sacramento and Wayne Cooper. They asked me to stay on with the organization, 
Uh, I had, during that time, I did one and done, but during that time I was going to school, I was taking classes, so I was close to graduating and, you know, just in Sacramento. So I, I worked part-time with the Kings in, in their front office and coaching and, you know, just whatever they wanted me to do. Um, and, you know, Jeff was great in that he opened up, he gave me access to the complete organization. I would go and, and you know, hang out with John Reinhardt, who's the president now of the Kings, but at the time was the CFO. And I could, you know, learn and ask him questions. I could ask, you know, Jeff questions about salary cap and basketball. So I had that experience. And at the same time, you know, finishing school. So worked with the Kings for five years. After five years of being in the front office with the Kings, I said, okay, I wanted to even kind of expand experiences. I went to business school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, down in Southern California, went to USC, went to Marshall, and kind of gained an experience there. Um, Halfway through there, you know, what kind of brought me to the league office is in between my first year and my second year of business school, I went and did an internship um, in one of the departments at the league office, um, Timbo. And Timbo is kind of like a McKinsey, a Bain consultant mm-hmm. of NBA business. And, you know, I spent the summer there and that kind of just opened up, reopened up doors um, from the NBA. And I think you know this from your time. You can, you can play in the NBA 15 years and never go and spend any time at the league office. And I always, um, you know, advise guys, go get to know folks at the league office who are a part of this business, this global business that are a huge part of, you know, marketing you and pushing you and just opening up doors for you. So I did that in, when I finished business school, just having those relationships, you know, it was kind of some openings and, and folks there called me and asked me, you know, if I would be interested at that time in coming and working in league, league operations. I did that for a couple of years. And then Malcolm Turner, who was my predecessor with the, with the with being president of the G League, he left to go be um, the, the AD at, at um, Vanderbilt. And this and the position opened up. And I, I think it, it, it's been a great um, opportunity for me. You know, it's, it's, it's really this, this really, um, at this point in time, this really cool intersection between the business of, of basketball, the business of the NBA, um, you know, everything that, that's going on around the business, but also it's still, you know, we're building basketball. Like we're building um, our league around, you know, the, the emerging basketball talent, so to speak. You look at the bubble and I was just watching the Brooklyn Nets. I counted sure. five players that, you know, Justin Anderson and others that had spent time with us in the G League this year. So it's, 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 it's an exciting time for us in the G League. And, and I feel like these experiences that I kind of laid out from my playing experiences to the time I spent with the Kings, my, my education, uh, you know, internships all have kind of merged in helping me um, in, in the world I'm in, I'm in now. So it's, it's a good time. And I'm, I'm still, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm pushing through. Gotta keep <laughs> going, you know? <laughs> right, right, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to ask about the, you talked about cool intersections. One of the cool intersections that I figured out when doing my research here was that you went to Wheeler High School, uh, the same high school that Jalen Brown went to. Jalen Brown also goes out to California for one year. And I have to say, you were the originator uh, of, of what Jalen Brown gets credit for now. So do you guys have a relationship or is this just a, an ironic thing that comes to be? I, j- I just had to ask. No, I've known him, known him since high school. Um, we nice. played with the same high school coach. Uh, my younger brothers were teammates of his. Um, so I've watched him grow. And he, I mean, he's like, look, you see the things he's done around 
yeah, social justice and during the pandemic, you know, when games are suspended, just awesome, awesome, awesome guy. And, you know, just really mature beyond his years. Uh, I'm excited for, for everything that he he's doing. Uh, you know, any, any small part that I've had just in getting to know him and kind of telling him my story, I've been excited to share it, share that with him. That's what it's, it's all about. But, you know, from the same high school, same kind of area outside of Atlanta for sure. Yeah. You know, you know, Sharif, you've taken on this enormous responsibility as president now of the G League and you have so many responsibilities. Can you lay out kind of what is your vision because of these young players? Because now we I mean, it's a different time and we have different things that we're trying to do when you go to an NBA game. Now, you know, you see the player development, you see so many coaches working with these young men that are coming into this business. What is your vision because of your experience of having a, a, you had a terrific career in the NBA of where you want to take this and what we're trying to really get accomplished here with these young men that are making the decision now to turn pro? Well, I think, I think what you see is the empowerment of players, you know, more and more from the time, you know, when I was on, on the court, the time you were on the court, players have so much more um, control of their careers and, their stories and you know more and more they're they're telling their stories and I think you see it even with the younger players that are wanting to take control of their careers at a younger age and whether it's you know taking a gap year it's you know it's going overseas it's you know coming to the G League I think we have an opportunity really really early in this process to start being a launching pad for careers and you know we we, we had we have that DNA. We've done it with players you know, like a Seth Curry who started with us, a Quinn Cook that started with us. I think we can we're doing the same thing. We can do the same thing with younger players and really be a part of their journey. You know, starting with us on the court and off the court, and and really you know, kind of turn the model where it doesn't have to just be a complete basketball model or game model where you're really getting introduced to. Uh, players to athletes in a different way and you're introducing them to the life of, of a professional basketball player of professional basketball beyond just the court you know and I know even what you're doing um, you know here is right. you know a huge part you know it's a part of our business and to start introducing them to that at a you know really you know at an earlier age than you know maybe they would have otherwise you know you know sure you know i I don't know how much you can and can't share with us, but you know, now, you know, I, I don't think we're viewing the G league as competition to the NCAA. I think it's just giving kids another option or an alternative to go what they see fit is best for their development on and off the court. Can you share with us the model that you see for young kids who will decide to choose the G league as compared to other, you know, traditional ways of going about it. Yeah, so, you know, in this in, in this moment in time, you know, you can't, a high school kid can't come, you know, directly to the NBA. Um, what we've been able to do is, is we have a team, you know, G League owned and operated team. We hired a coach, Brian Shaw will be our coach. We'll hire, you know, an off-court development person. We'll hire um, a, a uh, academic advisor and so forth. But we have this team and it's specifically for these young players that are, developing and they'll join our team we'll play you know some number of you know g league games we'll 
partner them, teammate them with veteran players who, you know, make up a traditional team. If you think they're traditional team, you have young players and they're mixed with veteran players and they get to learn and start understanding how to be professionals. And, you know, through our league of playing games, they get that experience. They get that experience of, you know, the NBA game is different from college. It's different from international. So they'll start getting acclimated and, 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 and experience around that. So all of that development, but in a, you know, space that's confined to, um, you know, them on a team and, and integrate that team within the G League, which is exciting for us across the G League. And I think that's this moment in time. Now, you know, you're, you're in this business, you understand this business, young players and what's happening. You know, we look up, you know, three years from now, five years from now, and the rule changes and, and young players can enter the, the NBA draft you know, younger and younger, you see these players. If you, if, you know, Bobo, that's now in the bubble, um, you know, performing for Denver, spent a lot of time with us in in the G right. League, um, yep. you know, earlier in the year. Lewis King from Oregon. Moses Brown from UCLA. I'm, you know, I'm calling out West Coast guys. Yes, yeah. But, yep. but, you know, we see that, you know, that trend is, is happening throughout our league. I think it will happen more as, you know, rule changes. Our league gets younger and younger. I don't view it as competition with, um, you know, NCAA basketball. We're talking about, you know, the 0.5% of basketball talent in the world. I think, you know, I have a son that will be a freshman at the University of Virginia. He'll, he'll be a student athlete. He'll play ball. He'll go to class. That's, you know, that's his path. For the young men, again, it's like top 0.5% that want to start their career. I think we're laying the groundwork for a league that, you know, not only our veterans that or older players that are, you know, maybe went undrafted, but also these young players that, you know, possibly are going to be future stars uh, in the NBA. And basically the biggest thing with the NCAA, the choice was always about teaching, right? People, that was the that was the pitch. Like, you're going to go learn the game of basketball. You're going to learn the fundamentals. You're going to learn how to play. And then you're going to get to the NBA, and that's going to help you, you know? But like you said, the NBA game, BJ and I talk about this, there is no preparation for the NBA game. You play college, and then you go into a whole different universe, and you're expected to perform and figure it yeah. out. And I think, you know, it's something I learned through, through my career. You know, look, it, doesn't have to be, um, you know, basketball or, or, or nothing else, right? Like mm -hmm. we have an opportunity with, with young men to start, you know, educating them and being a part of the education. And, you know, we offer for, for young men that have, you know, taken our high school players that come to the G League, we offer them a scholarship that's good throughout their playing career, beyond their playing career, that they, when they're ready, you know, when they want to, they can go back and get, you know, get a traditional education. But then it's so, again, you know, I, podcast and, and production and, 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 you know, storytelling, every, you know, it, it's so much more that we can, you know, start uh, uh, educating them on that, you know, can be a part of this, this, um, this program that we can be really intentional and craft the type of information that we want to share. Yeah. And, you know, Shri, how many would you estimate how many players or, G League players, would you say that are currently now in the bubble? And not only the, those players, but the coaches. I mean, mm -hmm. when you look at a Nick Nurse and all of the, you know, people that are really, really cultivating their skills at the G League, how many people would you say that have G League affiliation now that are down currently in the bubble? I, I, I think we're somewhere, players, I think we're somewhere between 
you know, 10 and 15 that are in, in the player, in, in the bubble. But, you know, two point, you know, throughout the year, we're averaging somewhere between 50 and 65 call-ups a year. And this is just players wow. that this aren't, these aren't the two-way players, which each team, so, you know, you get 60 two-way players that go back and forth between, you know, NBA teams and G League teams. Um, you know, 50 to 65 players that are G League contract players that get called up a year now mm-hmm. to the NBA. Folks are fascinated with this. 50% of NBA players at some point in the season, 50% of NBA players will have G League experience, right? Mm. Uh, so we are becoming, you know, more and more integrated into the entire ecosystem of the NBA. And that's shown through your point, you know, BJ. Now, if you look at it, you know, guys like Elton Brand, you know, Trajan Langdon, former G League GMs, you know, you know, transitioning and, and, and ascending NBA general managers, um, Taylor, Tyler Jenkins, Nick Nurse, um, Quinn Snyder, former G League, you know, head coaches, NBA head coaches, and countless other assistants, right? Like, yep. it's, it's to a point now where you see, you know, folks that, guys that are, you know, on the bench with a NBA team, and they'll go and coach the G League team to get those reps, get that experience of being a head coach. Um, so it's really being integrated into uh, – the NBA system, um, we are, our teams are. Of our, we have, you know, we have 28 teams. Of our 28 teams, 26 teams are owned and operated by um, NBA teams, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, two are, you know, they have this hybrid relationship. We're launching the team. We have plans to launch a team, a Mexico City team, uh, next year um, for 2020, 2021 season, hopefully. You know, we have our, our young team, our team that will be of, of young players, a mix of the young players. So it, we're really catching catching you on all spectrums, I think, right now. We have the flexibility to go and, and play games internationally. Um, you know, we've done it the last three seasons where we've gone and played an international challenge um, against, you know, EuroLeague teams. You know, we have the opportunity to do it again just depending on timing and how things play out. So it is – it's really, you know, an exciting time. And I think the integration of the NBA with the G League has been uh, a great uh, factor in that. You mentioned Nick Nurse, then you mentioned Mexico City. And obviously you got drafted to Vancouver and you play for the Grizzlies, you know, those, those first years of your career. And I think when people think of the Grizzlies, they probably think of you. I know that I do. And uh, But the expansion of the NBA to, you know, Canada and then Toronto wins the championship for Canada. That's a big moment. Are you excited about, you know, the, the move of the NBA? Obviously, it's already a global league anyway, but for teams to be uh, more global, if that makes any sense. Well, I think look, I think that's a you know a big part. Again, that's part of our our plan to be a, be a, a place where you have you see the best young talent in the world. The NBA is the best basketball in the world, for the G League to be a league of the best young talent in the world is what we aspire to, and that's global. You look at guys like Luca and, mm. and what he's doing. I mean, he's been doing that from you know a really really early age. Could we yeah. be a place where you know Luca came before the NBA? We have a player you know in our Kai Soto, Kai is is a Filipino-born um, player. You know, seven seven foot center that that'll join us with our young team. Um, about ten percent of our G League is is made up of, of international players, and, and that's in comparison to the NBA, that's over a quarter of you know international players. So we want to keep building those ties from an NBA standpoint. We have obviously all the work we do with Basketball Without Borders, our academies that are around the world. Um, 
you know, just other young players that will see the G League as a place to, to start their career. You know, Sharif, you, you talk about this global consumption of the game. I mean, a third of the players now are, for, are form-born players and some of the most elite players now in the league, right? Whether it's Giannis, MVP, Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, you know, Luka, Rookie of the Year. Sharif, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, you know, I want to ask you this in two One, as an executive and obviously as a as an ex-player, how impressed have you been with this organization that the NBA has been able to put these players in the bubble and yeah. be able to pull this off? How impressed? Because, I mean, you work with Adam Silver every day. You work with Mark Tatum. You work with these owners. How impressed have you been just to be able to pull this off and – even attempt to do something like this. Well, I think I think it. You know, one. I you know, I, and, and uh, this is you know directly you know from Adam. We preface it with um, you know it's early days, and, and we have to stay vigilant and, and stay um, humble um, because the you know the coronavirus has humbled us all and yep. made us all um, just understand how connected we are, how vulnerable we are, and how fragile things are. So we we have to we have to do that. You know, it's still early. I, I think just in, you know, standing it up and what you see in um, Orlando, you know, is just the collection of some really smart, talented people, hardworking people, um, you know, league and teams that collaborate. And I think that's, you know, the power of collaboration, the power of vision of, you know, from, you know, Adam's standpoint to, you know, just have the vision. To, let's figure out how we, you know, bring basketball back this season and not just, you know, cash it in and do it in a way, you know, do it in a way with responsibility of wanting to take care of the players and take care of people from a safety standpoint, uh, you know, first, from a health standpoint, first, that that was, you know, kind of the guiding principle. Um, and I think that that's remarkable what we what we see. And again, I think it's important that we, we stay vigilant, we stay, you know, humble in that, you know, Everyone stays safe there. Everyone stays healthy. Uh, but it's it's remarkable. Uh, you know, I, I think if, if it's a learning in it, it, the learning is just how flexible people, you know, you know, as you have people and you work with people, just how flexible and creative and the ability for people to be able to pivot and do different things because we never know in business, you know, what will come at you, you know, how you will have to, you know, adjust. And just seeing the success of the bubble, and obviously that begs the question people were going to ask, you know, will there be another bubble? You know, is that the next is that the next move for everybody? Will that be for the G League? Will that be for the NFL? If you had anything to say, do you endorse the idea of bubbles? Because it seems like everyone does love uh, the idea of creating a new bubble um, for, well, this, for I mean, those situations. Yeah, look, I think I think the bubble the bubble is great. Um, and, and it's working right now. You know, obviously, look, we want to get back where we can be in our home markets and we can play games at Staple and play games in, in at the garden and so on and so forth. And people can come out and be, be at our games and fans can come in. So, you know, I, the, the bubble is, is, is awesome. You know, I think in a, in a perfect world, that's where, you know, folks want to get back to, but we have to be able to do it in a responsible way and a, you know, in a way that keeps everyone safe and, and healthy. Um, but, you know, all of it, I think, again, you know, everything is kind of, you know, on the table as it relates to where we where we go. I think we will be led by what's what's 
you know, keeping people healthy and safe and healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Sharif, you know, you were you were a, a scorer. You know, I talked a little <laughs> bit about your playing days. You were a scorer. You know, in today's game, I always ask ex players in today's game. I've been a know, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you see yourself fitting into this? Because you know, I came in. I came in. I was a small forward when I started. When I came in, right, right. Then I ended. I was playing. You know, I played a little small forward at the end, but I was like a four and a five. I would have been like a five, a five now. And how the game is being played. I was watching. I think Houston the other night, and like PJ Tucker was. Was playing the five, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just and it's just basketball, right? It's like you know, you go back to you know being being young and playing pickup, and you pick the best five guys, and that's who you're putting on the court. And it's, sure. it's fun, like it's really really fun to watch. You know, you got guys like Giannis that are you know just revolutionizing the game and being big and handling the ball and doing all the things they're doing. This is. This is just a great time for, for basketball. You know, how, how would you characterize, because, I mean, you're at 6'10 or so. How, what would you do against a Giannis? Like, <laughs> how would you attack him? I mean, he is as unique of a player that I've seen. I had a, I had a, I had a college coach. So you said I was a scorer. I had a college coach. And, and early in my, in my co- time in college, um, you know, my, my coach, Todd Bowles, was giving me yep. a hard time about you know, all my defensive breakdowns. <laughs> Curtis Townsend, he's an assistant at Kansas now. He said, he yeah, said, yeah. Actually, pulled me to the side. He said, look, listen to coach, do everything he's telling you to do, but your offense is your defense. So you just, <laughs> <laughs> he said, you you just keep trying hard and then go put put as much pressure as you can on on on, on your man on on offense. And I I think that's the only thing. I definitely I definitely couldn't guard Giannis. So I could only try to put pressure on him and make him make him guard me. That's just try to outscore him. That's all you could do. That's all you could do. <laughs> yeah. I had to ask you about the the Hawks, right? When you went to the Hawks, that was the, the All Star year in two thousand two, and I think you were playing with the young Jason Terry. That team was like a, another version. It was like the East Coast version of Run TMC. So I just want to shed light on on that Atlanta Hawks version of you guys. Well, that was for me. One, you know, I I, I was with Jason. Um, you know, I was with um, Big Dog. Was there Glenn Robinson? That's right. Um, That's right. Tony, cool coach. I played with. I played with Tony. Um, you know the thing that was great about that. I'm from Atlanta, so the the opportunity to go home and play home and play in front of my my family and, and friends that was you know that was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was a really that was a really good time. Well, Sharif, we appreciate you coming on pushing through. We appreciate you sharing the message of the G League. Uh, we appreciate you reminiscing on some of the good old days of playing basketball. And we uh, we definitely want you to come back and, and continue to share those stories and continue to let us know what's going on with the G League. We really appreciate. No, I, 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 I appreciate it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. BJ. I, I watched you in Last Dance. I forgot. I forgot <laughs> about the the, the the time in Charlotte when you, the big bucket oh, in the playoffs. I forgot about it too. I, I forgot about that stuff. I'm old now, you know. I forgot about it. And as we were talking here, I, w- I was just trying to picture in my mind you shooting threes. I just I can't I can't put that in my mind, you know. I saw you on the box. You was you had wiggle in your game. I, I can't see you I out shot, there shooting threes. I shot maybe I shot maybe like 30, 30 threes, 35 threes a, a season. Right. And I look now, it's like. You know, I'm looking at these guys now. I was looking at Jer- Jared Jackson Jr. I mean, he shot four threes in a quarter. I was <laughs> good, really good basketball. Thank you so much. We're, I'm so proud of you. What to see you? How you've transitioned and 
meeting you you early 17 18 years old to see you here now president and uh we're so proud of you so happy for you you're always we're always big fans of you and please come back and uh come back and visit us again when you have time and, and all the best to you and your family you guys stay safe all right likewise thank you thank you for having me you guys stay safe okay